Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back. Wrapping up hour number one here on Inside Sources. So we're, we've been talking a lot about spending in Washington. We've also been talking about the fact that uh, there's a need 62 days from now. We'll have another crisis in a cliff because we'll have to raise the debt ceiling again to pay for our debts. But is it a spending problem or is it an income problem? It's really interesting to look at and to go beyond the headlines of what we're being told about how we're spending in Washington and how we are taxing or bringing in revenue. Here's the uh, kicker for the day. You would think that following uh, the midst of of a pandemic, a recession, and the fact that we have not all too long ago uh, cut tax rates, you would think that there would be less and less money coming into the government in terms of tax revenue. Guess what, folks? We have seen in this past year, which just ended, the fiscal year ended at the end of September, the United States have, has seen the biggest increase in tax revenue in 44 years. Which I'm going to remind everyone, that means we don't have a tax problem. We have a spending problem. So think about that. Revenue jumped 18% in the last year. 18%. So even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, even though we've got inflation going on, even though we've given tax cuts to many Americans and to corporations, there was more money collected in taxes in the fiscal year that just ended at the end of September than there's been in 44 years. So that's $627 billion more than they collected in 2020. Uh, so just to be really clear, the government brought in, in taxes, over $4 trillion. And yet we're still running deficits. And so this idea of, you know, we just have to tax more. We have to tax corporations more. We have to tax the rich more. Really interesting. And in, uh, this is all in a political piece today. And we're going to really dig into this deep tomorrow. But it's it's really interesting to see where that increase of money came from. Uh, again, many people say, well, wait a minute. You just gave a big tax break to businesses and to and to the wealthy. And the way it works out is just a little bit different than what we are often told in terms of who's paying their fair share. Uh, of all the money that came in, 
that increase in terms of tax revenue uh, actually came from wealthy people. Now, that may seem a little contradictory, but uh, that's the way it worked out. Uh, and so it's really interesting to, to see, and again, this is the government's own scoring. This is not, uh, this is not anything partisan. Uh, so the well-to-do uh, disproportionately paid uh, 80%. 80% of that $4 trillion that was collected by the government was collected from the top 10% of earners. And so that's the, that's the thing we've got to figure out, folks. <laughs> and we have to, to look at it. Uh, even though the top tax rate has been as much as 90% uh, back in the day, <laughs> uh, economic historian uh, Phil Magnus, uh, former guest on this show, we've had him on a few times, uh, says that all anyone can ever really expect to get out of even the wealthiest of Americans is about 35%. Uh, because of all the tax deduction, all the loopholes, all the things that happen, uh, once you start bridging that 35% range, then people are going to figure out all the other ways to protect their assets. Uh, Ronald Reagan simplified the tax code to, to, to deal with a lot of that. Uh, but even back in the 1920s, so in the 1920s, the top tax rate was 25%. Because then Treasury Secretary Andrew Mellon uh, a very wealthy man in his own right, he determined that that was the top rate that he would be taxed before he and other wealthy people, his friends, would start sheltering their income. And so he felt that that was the, the target. If it was 25%, then people are going to pay that. If it's more than 25%, people are going to start looking at all the different ways that they can shelter it or put it somewhere else. And so as we look at where we go in terms of taxes and the road ahead, don't we can't buy into this idea that we, that we don't have enough money coming in to the federal government. And so I'm going to say it again. In the last year, the United States government collected more in taxes, more than $4 trillion dollars. And that was an increase, largest increase in taxes being paid to the government in 44 years. And so as you look at that, as you hear all the rhetoric about we've got to spend on this, we've got to spend on that, we've got to spend on this, uh, we've got to tax the rich more on this and that. Uh, it is not, it is not a revenue problem. What we have in this country it's a spending problem. It's a spending problem, not a tax problem. And that's the thing that we've got to get to. All right, we're going to step aside for top of the hour break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be joined by Lois Collins. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the America Family Survey coming up here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.